Uh, hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. And welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with host Mary-Kate Grady. Mary-Kate's guest today is Karen Jepson. Originally from New Milford, New Jersey, Karen attended Rutgers, uh, excuse me, Rutgers and received a bachelor's degree in business administration and management. About three decades ago, she experienced a life-changing event. After living through seven years of depression, our Blessed Mother appeared to her. The depression left her that very day, and her faith was restored. Our Blessed Mother instructed Karen to bring souls to my son. And Karen has been evangelizing ever since then as the Chief Executive Officer of the John Leaps Evangelization Ministry. This nonprofit evangelization ministry seeks to uplift, educate, heal, and inspire people through faith and the sound teachings of the Catholic Church. They host events such as retreats, movies, conferences, and concerts to spread the message of the gospel. And Karen is doing her part in this current period of Eucharistic revival declared by the U.S. Catholic bishops by conducting interviews with bishops, priests, and others concerning the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Karen, <coughs> Karen resides in Paramus, New Jersey, and is a proud mother of five children and has three lovely granddaughters. Mary-Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry, and it's so good to be back with you all again um, during this great day, wonderful. Um, before we go into the program, I just wanted to mention to everybody, I know it's summertime, people are traveling and kind of busy, have a lot of expenses, maybe extra expenses, but if you're able to remember JMJ Catholic Radio, give a little donation, that would be great. Um, you can contact them at 570-287-4670 or write to them at P.O. Box 851, Pittston, Pennsylvania, 18640. And of course, more than anything, please, we ask for your prayer support. That's what we need more than anything else. So if you could uh, keep us in your prayers um, to continue to faithfully spread the gospel message, we would really appreciate that as well. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited today to welcome Karen on the program. Karen, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mary-Kate. And uh, Karen, I always like to kind of kickstart everything with, by asking my guests, um, which for some people is a really hard question because they have a lot of favorites, but to share with us uh, a favorite verse of scripture or passage and why it's meaningful to you. Well, um, this uh, is Isaiah 20, 20 and it's uh, referring to this time because a lot of people can't see it, but the Lord showed me this, vis this, um, this visual and he gave me the scripture itself. Arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord has shone upon you. So the thing is, Darkness is covering the world because we're see we're hearing negative reports, bad things mm -hmm. within the church, all these crimes, all these deaths, all of this. But the Lord wants us to focus because now is the time that he's going to show his power through the Eucharistic revival in such an incredible, powerful way. Mm. And thank you for sharing. That's so hopeful, Karen. You know, it's yes. um, I think part of the devil's tactic to to help us take our eyes off Jesus is just to get us so down. Even people of faith that we know so much about God, 
he, yes. you know, keeps reminding us about all this hard stuff that's happening. And like we sort of for, we forget how powerful God is, you know. Absolutely. And for me, I, I always think of St. Peter when he's he's starting to sink and just to look at Jesus. Immediately turn your gaze away from the storm and look at Jesus, look at Jesus, mm-hmm. look at Jesus. And I literally do that by carrying a picture of Jesus. The minute I feel a little bit of fear, I put it in front of my face and I'm, I stare at him and I feel that peace starts to enter my heart again and mm-hmm. you know we could so easily get out of that peace in this time especially words people say to us or you know the dangers that we're in but Jesus is with us in the dangers in everything we could be confident because he's strong you know mm, yeah that's such a good idea thank you for sharing that I encourage that for other people too I work at a hospital and um, sometimes I have like um, I had like a St. Joseph picture with me the other day and, like, mm-hmm. it's so helpful for me just to have that to look on, like, when I need that, like, even multiple yes. times, you know, you're, like, yes. you got distracted, and you're, like, oh, wait a second, I have these people here helping me. I have, like, the angels and saints, God's yes. here, like, it's going to be okay, you know, and it just completely changes the trajectory of where your thinking was going, you know. Amen. Amen. So thank you and- for sharing that. Now, if you wouldn't mind, Karen, you know, the focus of this program is just um, really just to reflect on, how the Heavenly Father has guided us and held us in His hands, all of us, throughout our lives. You know, sometimes it takes us a while to look back and realize it, um, especially when we're in the middle of hard times. But if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about uh, yourself and, you know, kind of how the Heavenly Father has guided your life and held you in His hands. Yes, sure. Um, I was deprived, like many, many, many souls at this time, of a really good Catholic education. Um, I really... I didn't have Catholic school, but I did go to CCD, and in that, I didn't really learn too much. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about the rosary or, or anything at all, you know. I just went there um, week by week, and I just thought that they were lovely, but didn't really learn much. Or maybe my mind was not open to it. I don't know what it was, but sure. uh, I found myself that when I went off to college, I really didn't have anything to hang on to. My formation was very week it was easy to to crumble it so um i prayed nominally and uh within the first year of um college i stopped praying altogether and i got into the life the secular life i got into mortal sin and um that's what brought me into the road of seven years of depression Mm. seven years of dark depression that nobody nobody knew him and my fiance at that time was a doctor and he didn't detect it, and and we I got married. I was married, having this depression, and it was, you know, not the hormonal kind of depression, where you know, it's your hormone. It's the darkness of sin. Like it, it I it would go. It's just always there. Say that. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said sometimes it's like depression can kind of come and go with with hormones and emotions. Yes. There's that depression that's always there, you know. Absolutely. And so I was living in this darkness, literally. I I was in the shadow when I could see everybody in a, in this light. And I saw light around their bodies. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm in this darkness, so I would always want to be under the sunlight. But the sunlight would not penetrate through. And I would never get any relief from this complete emptiness and I was repelled against God and you know the thing is that the Catholic uh, catechism really explains it well you know you are an enemy to God you know so 
basically I lived this day by day and um, I knew it was getting worse and I, I knew that I I would need medication or something and I hid it so well. I was a really good actress in front of everybody. I was laughing and happy and, and all that, but inside I, I knew, you know, it was always with me, this darkness. And at nighttime I was attacked because I didn't want to sleep. I'd, I'd see demons and um, it was really horrible. Um, so my ex-husband was um, against the church. So I, I didn't, the Catholic church, so I didn't know how to defend the church. So I fell into that same mode of thinking. I thought that Catholics worshipped Mary, the usual thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically I was against Mary. And um, my dad eventually got cancer. And this is the seventh year of my depression. Um, he got cancer, and um, he decided that it was really horrible. It was fourth stage prostate cancer, and it was so big, the tumor was as big as a, a grapefruit. Wow. So, um, yeah. So because I didn't really believe in God anymore, you know, I um, I just lost all hope. And... Um, my my sisters and brothers and I, we were just like, this is it. This is it for my dad. Yeah. And so some lady, she has the gift of healing, and she was authorized by the Catholic Church. Um, she had these letters from cardinals and all that with the gift of healing. Uh, she somehow came into our midst through a family friend, and uh, I didn't believe in it. Uh, at all, but she get, she told us to gather people before she came from California, and uh, she had prayers. So the prayers consisted of uh, the divine praises, the rosary, and the novena prayers to St. Martin de Porres. And so basically, um, I was watching them because I didn't really join in. There was a whole load of people in our house. We had a huge house at the time, mm-hmm. and I was to go and pick that, her up at the airport. And so... When I, we came back, they were finished with all the prayers, and she went right through it. She went right through it, and she went to each person and started praying over everybody. And they would be, like, falling and crying, and I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And when she came to me, there was light. When she put her hand on my head, there was light. And then I went in the corner to try to do the same thing, and I couldn't put the light on my head. And then when when she – my dad didn't really even believe in this, and – he was cordial, so she prayed over him. He was gray at that time. The gray, the grayness of his skin was because he was at the wasting away stage of cancer. Right, right, yeah. His color came back as we were watching him on the ground. And he was on the ground for 40 minutes, and people continually did the rosary. Continually yeah. did the rosary. And then when he opened his eyes, at that stage in, his, in cancer, he was lethargic. She said, did you see anything? Did you feel anything? And he said, I feel like I could run. He was filled with a surge of energy. And then it was just so amazing. And I was like dumbfounded. And so he came back to God that very day. Mm. And so basically everybody shared their experiences. And then they they left. And so we made a makeshift uh, altar you know, um, and we put it together and she got a message that we should continue this novena for nine straight days. 
And so basically we did. And on the third day, something happened to me. I think it was around the third day. I was mm-hmm. staying at their house in, in one of the bedrooms, and all of a sudden, while we were sleeping, I saw myself. And I saw myself in my bed, and I sat up, and I merged right into my body again. And I'm looking up, and there she was, the Blessed Mother. She came wow. to me even though I persecuted her. She, wow. she came to me with all this love. And I couldn't believe what my eyes was, my eyes, my eyes beheld the most beautiful woman ever. And she, she put her hand up and she said, have no fear. And then she waved her hand and she, I saw the whole world. And she said, she, oh, I I forgot to mention before that, when she said, have no fear, immediately that moment, whatever demons were in me blasted out. Mm-hmm. It just was such an explosive thing, and yeah. there was this seed of faith that that was planted inside of me, or joy, you know. And then, and then I saw the she the the scene changed, and I saw the world. And she said, "Spread the word about my son." And and then uh, I saw all these people in the world. And then we we were back in the room, and that seed was already growing so much that I thought I was going to explode out of my body. Could you oh, imagine wow. zero to one thousand yeah. turbo <laughs> turbo speed <laughs> turbo speed, yeah. and I was in the light now. I mean, like through our intercession, I was I was saved out of this complete darkness, and she came over um, to my daughter who was not yet a year old, and she caressed her so beautifully, like the perfect mother would, and mm. it, she communicated through her caress love. There was a language of love there, and um, my daughter had not yet walked. So um, that morning when I woke up, I I knew, I believed in God again, first of all. I had no more depression within me, and something had completely changed. I was in a different world, and I was savoring it. I couldn't even tell anyone yet because I was just savoring from death to life. Yeah, and then my, do- wow. <laughs> my daughter went downstairs with me, we went down to eat breakfast, and then she walked. But she didn't walk; she ran. She went. It was like a circle, circular home. So where the the makeshift um, altar was, she would stop and say Jesus, go around, stop and say Jesus, not falling one time. And my wow. mother said, "This is so unusual. How does she just start running like this?" And right. she kept running around the house, just stopping before the altar and saying, Jesus. Well, she was touched by the Blessed Mother, so I'm not surprised. Right, me neither. <laughs> and then at that moment, I was explosive. I went everywhere and anywhere, and I proclaimed Jesus. And I was talking about his healing. I was so filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet, I wasn't told that the Catholic faith was it. I, I went to God and I said, Lord, I need to know the truth. You have to show me the truth. I want to know the truth. And yeah. guess what? He showed me the truth. He, I, I had this, this Protestant Bible, yet it was still sufficient for me to believe in the Catholic faith. It answered every single one of my questions. It mm-hmm. just pointed me towards the faith. There I was, finding myself before the confessional, and I was there maybe an hour, <laughs> and oh, yep. it was a welcome home party in a tiny little cube. It was the most amazing thing, tears and tears of joy, and 
I don't know. After that meeting with the Blessed Mother, I think I had joy for a decade that could not go away. Wow. That's incredible. Yes. So that, did that spring you then, Karen, into, into evangelization? Well, first, um, I had five kids, right? So okay. um, that was my first... I was... I got my conversion with my first child, and then all of them filed in. And so we did Catholic homeschooling. One of them had cancer. And so this was the best way to go. And um, I just tried to make each day an adventure for them. And they they were very Eucharistic. And, uh, like, there were times we would go to church, and they would have their notebooks. And some of them couldn't write yet, so they would draw pictures for Jesus. And mm-hmm. we would just go before the Blessed Sacrament, and they they were the most peaceful kids. And um, when we would come to an empty uh, church, they would be like, oh, poor Jesus, he's by himself again, you know. Aww. So they really, they got, got it, you know. They got that yeah, he was truly Yeah, he's a real present. person, and he's really there. Amen. So they, yeah. they really believed it. And one time, um, we, we always got these wonderful wonderful experiences like one time i i couldn't even i almost couldn't even stand the the weight of god's heaviness was love was so heavy in my heart and my eldest uh her name is ashley she was five at the time and i looked at the eucharist and i said lord let ashley feel the weight of your your love and the next thing you know she's on the floor she goes mom my heart is filled with love Oh. And I was like, oh. how immediate does he answer, you know, yeah, <laughs> when there's wow. nothing in between. Before there were worlds between me and God, and even if I would cry out to him, or I would, which I wouldn't, or he speak to me, there was no way I could hear. But now the communication uh, was clear, and it, it was so immediate. Mm. So those were the the... That's how life was. I was first to cater to my own children and mm-hmm. to bring them into a spirituality, uh, knowing God and, you know, um, just knowing yeah. God, knowing his love. And then when they grew up, um, I, I, well, it was also while they were a little bit older, I was bringing speakers, speakers um, all over the U- United States to, to where we were. And I was just having people come over to the house or to venues, little venues, just mm-hmm. to get them to know Jesus more because, you know, nobody knows how beautiful this God is. And yeah. here I am knowing how beautiful he saved me. And, I, yeah. you know, so I would just, like, try to bring people in through food. <laughs> Free hey, food. That, works. Oh. I, that does work. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But um, they wanted lo- winded up loving the speakers and mm-hmm. you know a lot of, we started adoration uh groups and rosary groups and and then i'd say it was um 2017 that the, i felt the lord wanted me to make it formal and to have uh you know a nonprofit. so i i, I said lord what is the name of this so i was racking my brain racking my brain yeah and i the whole day and I said, what am I doing? Let me look at the daily readings. And, and both uh, Elizabeth and, and um, what's her husband? Zechariah said, Zachariah. his name will be John. <laughs> so I yep. said, John, okay, John, what? John, I saw, I saw in bold letters in light, leaps. John leaps, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize the full impact of that title because it recognizes the, the personhood of the person in, in, in the womb. 
the embryo yeah. in the womb, the fetus, and it also recognizes that they could experience joy by leaping for faith at the presence of Jesus. It's yeah. a very pro-life title, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I named it. And then we just did it more formally. We had different conferences. But when the Lord had asked me to do um, an expo, the exposition of the restoration of the Catholic Church in 2017, I, I didn't even know how to go about it, but I just threw myself into it. And uh, it was all about lifting up the church, lifting up the priesthood, lifting up the Eucharist and all the mm. sacraments. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what the exposition was all about. It was a play on words, you know, the expo, you know. Yes, so, yeah. So um, that was very exhaustive, and it took everything of me physically because, you know, I wasn't well. And then after a month, uh, he showed me, the princes will come to you. Mm. And, and so I didn't understand what that meant. And then later right. on, I meant, it meant to me the princes of the church. So I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And all these uh, wonderful people connected me with bishops. And, and then yeah. I understood that the Lord wanted these bishops that were anointed to feed at the sheep and tend the sheep um, to speak and call the sheep back home and tell them, come home, we want you. you. You could be healed here and come for your healing, come to be fed. And so that's what I've been doing. The, now we just last. have a few minutes left here, Karen, but if you could real quick, just tell us what you are doing like presently right now, even I'm sure this week and, and over the past couple of months with the bishops. So ab absolutely. Um, I just did your bishop, the Bishop of Scranton. Oh, did bishop you? Okay. How about that? He's a wonderful, wonderful bishop, and I will have it posted soon. You could look at it at johnleaps.com. Okay, great. All the bishops are there, and uh, please spread it around because their words are healing words, and uh, they're there to unite the hierarchy of the church back to the laity of the church mm -hmm. so that we could be one after so much turmoil and scandal. But, yes, I'm interviewing bishops so that they could give their own personal um, beautiful story on the Eucharist and to draw people to come back and be part of the Eucharistic revival, which started last year. We're on the second year as of okay. Corpus Christi, and um, we, have, we have this wonderful time where we're lifting up the Lord. And he can't do anything but draw people to himself because the Lord is truthful. And that's what he says. Right. And I think this is a game changer in, in ent entering into the, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Yes. You know? And you know yeah. what, Karen, working at a hospital, I see that a lot because I'm, oh. I'm with a lot of people more towards the end of their life. I live in a more elderly populated part of Pennsylvania. And so we do have a lot of people um, that we kind of see on their way. And I, I definitely have like seen moments in time where it's like, wow, he's like in the last minute, he's just trying to pull them in. And it's so beautiful to me to see that, like to see how much he loves them, but it encourages me so much too. Like he will do anything to save us. Every single soul matters so much to him, you know? Amen. So. And you have a very special call to be there at that moment. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I, God's so good to me. You know, He's trying to save me through this work oh, that I do. So you know, I, He's saving me, but but uh, hopefully I can help them somehow too. But He's doing all the work, like you said. We just have to say yes. We just have to be there and willing and um, open. Yes. You know, and He'll He'll run with us. You know. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But Karen, could you just? Um, I know you mentioned the, the website. I think a few minutes ago, but if people want to find out about what you're doing or see these videos of you're interviewing the bishops, where would they go for this information? They would go to John, J-O-H-N, Leaps, L-E-A-P-S dot com. Okay. And you could see the bishops and listen to them. They're so beautiful. And then um, after that, there's also a section that uh, of people, of the laity and priests that, that um, also speak of the Eucharistic revival, and um, it's really wonderful, it, you know. And last, let me just tell you, last um, Corpus Christi, when it was a parish uh, mm-hmm. year, I looked up. I happened to look up on the internet because I wanted to see how many people are, uh, how many parishes are part of this. It's hundreds and hundreds of people going through the streets in Eucharistic procession, hundreds, hundreds of parishes all yeah. over the world. It's not 50, it's not 30, it's, it's hundreds, it's all over. And it's mind-blowing. The, the Lord is staking the land back for him, where there mm-hmm. used to be pride parades that, you know, was yeah. staking it for sin. No, he's reclaiming his land because we're moving for him. The laity yeah, and, yeah. and the, the priests, we're all working together for this. So I, all I have to say is anybody out there, if you're not yet part of anything Eucharistic within the parish, take part in it. You'll be so happy to be part of this wonderful movement of the Holy Spirit. This is the best time to live. Even though you see the darkest things, don't listen to that. Focus on the Eucharist, and this is the best time to live ever. Wow, thank you for those words, Karen, and I hopefully carry all those words with you this week, friends. And I, unfortunately, our time is running out, Karen, but thank you so much for all you're doing. God bless you, and please know of our prayers for your ministry. Thank you so much, Mary Kate. God bless you, too. All right, God bless you all. Be with you again next time. Bye.